Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Well, hey, I want to thank you all for joining us today on the Victor Mark Show. Uh, I'm excited to introduce our guest to you today. Um, well, there's two of them. It's Tammy Canada and her husband, Ryan. They founded a ministry called Free Spiritual Community that helps people who are struggling with addiction or who are in recovery. Obviously, there's a ton of you listening or watching right now that go, whoop, you just got my attention. Because maybe it's you, it's maybe it's a loved one you have. Even like in our family, we have that. So their ministry was started uh, in 2018. It's located in Greenwood Village up in Colorado. Actually, not far from us. Um, she's the owner of Wagon Coffee Roasters, which serves to help women in the community who are in recovery. Now, Tammy Hill's a Bachelor's of Arts degree in Psychology from Colorado Christian University. They reside in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, with four children. How old are they? We just celebrated three of the four of their birthdays. So help me if I get the ages wrong, but we have a 10, 8, 5, and 2-year-old. That is a busy... It's busy. Home. Yeah. I want to jump right into this, you guys, because, uh, one, there's such a need right now. It has, in y'all's experience, has things like with Celebrate Recovery and groups like that, has, has it lessened the stigma in Christianity that, oh, so you're recovering what? I thought you didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's definitely changing yep. over the course of the past, I don't know, decade or, or two decades. And still it's changing. There's still some stigma around it. Um, but you're able now to say, I can now introduce myself as I'm Ryan and I'm an alcoholic. And that's our life's work is to break the silence of addiction. That's what yeah. we have given our lives to. That's the sad reality that it's been is when people hide in silence, that, that their pain only intensifies. Yeah. Often so does the, the hook for addiction. So, you know, I'm a little bit older than y'all. And uh, being my grandfather, four times over. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> so it was not unheard of and it was practiced, you know, this approach when you would say, I'm an alcoholic. Well, no, you're not. You're a yeah. new creature in Christ. All the yeah. old things passed away. Or, uh, you know, I have an addiction. I'm a recovering. No, you walk in the fullness of God, you know, uh, which is confusing. You know, so I had mental health issues, which is one step worse than addiction in the stigma. Yeah. Right. Because for me, it was like, just read more scripture. You'll be fine. Go. And I'm like, I can't even read. I'm on six different medications and I'm in the VA every week. And, uh, well-meaning, well-meaning people just didn't understand, but it was heartbreak and it was isolating. So to hear that it's come such a long way in the area of addiction and recovery, and you guys are right on the cutting edge. Yeah. I resonate with that because um, my, my there's nothing sexy about my story in the sense of I was uh, a drunk and then I became a pastor. I, I, I did the opposite. I was a pastor and a drunk. 
And it got to where uh, I hated myself. Mm. I, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't put down a drink. I couldn't figure out why can't I beat this thing? God, I've asked you to take this away from me. It's still here. Um, I can't stop drinking. And, you know, I tell people all the time, it's not like we were losing everything, but we were losing everything. Well, uh, what do you mean? So I still had my marriage, okay. but barely. Right. Uh, I had, we had our daughter. So this, this, I got sober when our first daughter was two years old. Mm. And I was nine months pregnant with our second. Yeah. yeah. So when I talk about losing marriage, she was fearful of me. She was fearful that I wouldn't be sober to take her to the hospital because I was a daily drunk. And I was so scared to admit it to people because I thought God hated me. Uh, and I was angry at God. My brother died of this disease when I was mm. 18. He was 22. Mm. Got in a car accident, relapsed, got behind the wheel. So I had all this anger towards God and I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to have all the right answers and know how to do this. And if you know me, you're going to turn on me. That's what I thought. If you really know who I am, you're not going to want me. Well, there are so many people listening right now that are resonating. And you know what I hear from you is I was fearful. Mm -hmm. And then I hear fear from you and then anger. So let's talk about fear. When, when addictions happen and people are struggling, there's a fear of the unpredictability the inconsistency, and um, do you oftentimes just think the worst is going to happen or a fear of what people think? How do people get over this fear? What's their first step? That's a great question. You know, in, in my experience, it, it took a great deal of surrender mm -hmm. of saying, I can't do this anymore. I cannot go on and live this way. I hate myself. I hate everything about this life. I can't do it. My integrity is out of whack. I'd become someone that, that I hated. Right. And uh, so how do you get over that fear? You know, fear keeps us from keeping those steps forward. That's fear it. keeps me in silence and shame. There you go. And so I have to sit in a room full of people who understand what I'm going through. And I have to get brutally honest. See, yeah. as long as I want to keep all that stuff inside. And I think it's for both of us too, right? I mean, this is for the addicts and the loved ones of the addicts. We have to get honest because we're used to living those lives that are built on lies and, and mm. secrets. Mm. And, but and I think I was in such denial. So, so you say, well, what were you, what was the anger? I was so resentful, but I also was in so much denial because this was a new story to me and I didn't know what to do with it. So my personality is a peacemaker, keep the peace, keep your head down and just keep turning the page and keep showing up for life. So that's what I did. But in the background, it's like, dang, there's, there's some underlying issues here, pain, resentment, anger, shame fear, but I wasn't dealing with it. So I'm just like, meh, it's okay. It's all good. I just found another bottle in the drawer mm. that he hid, but I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to get back up and do me and show up for my work and show up for my kid. And we're going to figure out how to do this together. But I wasn't, I didn't know the tools. Right. I didn't have the tools to know how to show up for him besides really just kind of keeping my head down. So here's the thing about peacemakers. We're like marshmallowing soft and like kind of go with the flow. Until we don't. Until. Yes. She came down the stairs that morning, January 7, 2013, and I'll never forget it. Tears coming down her face. I was passed out on the couch again. It, uh. was, a, it was a Monday morning early, and she said, Ryan, what are we going to do? Oh. And I knew she meant business. And what else I knew was, I'm not alone. I mean, I have this woman standing next to me, and her heart's breaking. And for me, that was the gift of desperation to say this this is not good that what y'all just shared is going to help so many people out it's going to help so many spouses going i don't know what to do 
they're either passive or they're angry and they're, you know, yeah. and it's, but mm. just to say, honey, what are we going to do? When people are struggling, they want to do better. Yeah. This is not something they go, oh, I just love this lifestyle. Yeah. Like you said, Ron, you start hating yourself. It's loathsome time. Yeah, no one wakes up one morning and says, man, I, I want to be a raging alcoholic. Yeah. That's what I want to be. This would be fun. Yeah. yeah. So, so, like right now on Instagram, mm -hmm. that's how I follow the pulse beat of some aspects of society, the culture. It's very popular for moms to be drinking. Sure. They're drinking. They're, you know, they think it's fun and games. Many of them are going to really slip down that slide into alcoholism. How do you tell people to keep or prevent them from going down that, right? That's a hard one. Yeah, it is a hard one. And the 12 steps that I work, I'm taught to never to never judge someone. Your problem is your problem. Don't start looking at other people's problems okay. and start judging their problems. But what I would say is, um, for many of you, it works until it stops working. You know, so you might be able to have a glass of wine, have a drink, whatever. Some of you are going to be just fine. Some of you, though, you're trying to fix what's wrong in here with something out there, and that, that never works. And that's yeah. not just alcohol. That's, right. I mean, think about how many things in life we do that with. Oh, yeah. And then there's this mommy wine culture that you just mentioned, that it's become so acceptable uh, to fix what's wrong in our hearts or what's wrong in our interior lives with something outside. And in my experience, that doesn't work. It can be fatal. This is wisdom being spoken by a couple who've lived it and are on the other side of it, but still on their journey. And by the world standards, you guys have, I mean, y'all are heroes of making it, really. Uh, y'all have a business, your ministry, your family's together, you're sober. And I want to challenge you on something. I heard you say 12 steps. Yeah. How about 12 scriptures? Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, uh, and I've heard this. I've heard people yeah. say, you know what? If you just got into the word of God more, you wouldn't need 12 mm -hmm. steps. So what's wrong with that thinking? Because I'm sitting here at this table. I mean, you know, my son, he's eight months over. Thanks be to God. May the name of the Lord be praised. And God used the 12 steps to help him, which he is in. He's got a sponsor. And... I thank God for it. Uh, I thank God for his courage to to step in. And, you know, I hear Christians just, again, in times past, 12 steps meant, well, you're just still too weak to access the word of God. But so what's so powerful about the 12 steps? I think it's it's important for you to ha to share the conversation that our counselor had with you that day. Yeah, and let me say this first, the 12 steps are where I encountered the God who was doing for me what I could not do for myself. Wow. I've, because I tried to quit drinking so many times. I'll stop drinking on the weekends. I won't drink on Saturday nights because I, I have to preach on Sunday morning or I won't. Do, I tried everything, went from beer to liquor, wine to liquor, gave up white liquor for brown liquor. I tried it all. It didn't work. The 12 steps is where I encountered God who was doing for me what I could not do for myself. We had a marriage counselor that we were working with a, a, a few years before New Life, before I got sober. And uh, I called her the morning, that the morning of my last drink. I called her and I said, Sue, I need some help. I can't stop drinking and mm. our marriage is in shambles. And she said, Ryan, I would love to see you, 
But before I see you, you need to get involved in some sort of support group. Oh. And I said, support group, like what? Mm. And she said, well, have you ever heard of Alcoholics Anonymous? And it made me so angry, I just hung up the phone. There you go. And I went downstairs, I told Tammy, I said, um, Sue said she wouldn't see me. She said, mm. come on, Ryan. She didn't say that. I said, yes, she did. Come on, Ryan, I'm going to call her. <laughs> I said, she won't see me until I get involved in some sort of support group like AA. And Tammy looked at me and she said, you're going to go, aren't you? You're going to go, aren't you? Bingo. But in the 12 steps, it's where we're taught. And for me, as, as a person of faith and a Christian faith, to turn our wills and our lives over to the power of God as we understand God, mm. to do the inventory of the interior life, uh, to make amends to people we have harmed. By the way, this is all in the scriptures. It's all scriptural. This is not foreign <laughs> right. to the to the biblical text, it's right? It's all scriptural. Uh, this is the way Jesus taught us to live. Yep. I've been a pastor for years, uh, went to seminary, got, got a biblical studies degree. I had to go through that process. I had to be broken to a point where... Mm. God, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Because weak is the new strong. You uh, got to get weak to get strong. I love it. I, I mean, what I'm hearing you say, it's really an aspect or form of discipleship. Totally. Right? Because totally. a lot of people want to be Christians and cultural Christians and progressive Christians now. And it's like, okay, it may be their journey. I've always been drawn to the idea of being a disciple of Christ. Yeah. And I know it's always been a battle between my will and demonic forces, because I think evil is real. But the the life of following Christ as a disciple, I think is where we have most freedom. Maybe a heck of a lot of warfare, but most freedom. Wasn't it Christ that said it's for freedom? That I We have been set free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That scripture always made me go, why did he double tap on that? Huh. It's because many people... They know the freedom of salvation, but they don't know the freedom of walking. Yeah. You know, Hence the word the, free, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what we call our, our community, our church, our, our space. Now, let me, let me ask you all about yeah. free. How Right now, there's, there's people watching listening going, okay, this handsome couple who have certainly been through it, we want to know more about how to connect with y'all. Mm-hmm. We do have social media. Uh, we live stream every Saturday night, uh, seven o'clock Mountain Time. Nice. Yeah, nice. so we are we're online, we're virtual. Ryan, he does scripture. He has a storyteller every week. Wow. Um, we have we have people like Ross in the background helping us, so we can sp- expand our reach because nice. um, we know it's important stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yes, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, and we have actually have an app which we developed in the midst of COVID because we were like, how can we get people more deeper connected, get people, people to engaged. stay engaged, share their hearts, share their prayer requests. So we, we developed a, an app. And is that it's downloadable? It's downloadable on every format, every platform. Okay. Uh, and it's free, the free spiritual community, free app. You can also find us online at uh, free spiritual community.com. Free spiritual community.com. And we call it free because all the things that set us free, grace, compassion, love, forgiveness, these are the things that are so freely given. And we always say in our community, we don't do shame. Shame has destroyed people, keeps people away from God. It creates distance. We break down those barriers. Mm-hmm. It's what creates freedom. With all this, and it sounds great, is there ever a time for tough love? Is it ever a time for telling people how the cow eats the cabbage? 
Yeah, we just, in fact, we just finished up a series on boundaries. Mm -hmm. Talk about tough love. Boundaries where you have the power to, you have to say no sometimes. You have to not go to that place or hang out with those people or for the loved ones of the addict. Mm -hmm. What does it look like to have boundaries with your son or daughter who is living in active addiction? What does those, what's that tough love look like? Where can we find that? It's it's actually on the app. It's on the mm-hmm. website, freespiritualcommunity.com. All of our messages uh, are, are on there. And is that listed under like boundaries or? Yeah, it's, okay. it's it, the series was called Boundaries. So yeah. if you scroll down a little bit, each of our series are on there and um, you can find them all there. Ryan I, uh, and Tammy, I really feel like people that are listening right now, yeah. they're just getting a deep breath of hope. They get it. And then they offer resources and help. And it doesn't matter wherever they are in the country, around the world, because there are people that are going to watch this from everywhere. Last year, we reached 200 million people through social media. And, uh, and, you know, there's always a percentage or segment of people that that identify or need what our guests and our friends have. So this is very encouraging to me. So, Tammy, let's talk about the coffee Coffee. roasters, wagon. I am a coffee guy. Now, you're in a coffee, but at a whole different level. You have yeah, a background. I do. What? Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, so I bring a, almost two decades of experience of coffee. Um, I did training, corporate world. Um, I was coffee master, did coffee master classes. Is that like the step above the barista? I guess so. You know, <laughs> okay. you just know about just about everything about okay. coffee. Okay. Um, I love it. I love telling the story about coffee because I always said, I love coffee. I love coffee. And Ryan's like, that's cool, Tammy, but what do you really love? (laughs) And I'm like, I love the coffee. And he's like, but what do you really love? And I'm like, all right. So I started digging and doing some heart work because I'm like, as much as I love the coffee and I was getting up and, and grinding it out, literally, and doing it every day, he's like, there's something missing. You're out of sync. Um, your rhythm I want you to get in feeling rhythm. Like I feel good. And I feel like you're just kind of out of sync. So I'm like, okay, so what is it? What am I missing? God, what is it? And I'm like, oh, it's the people that I love Mm. that make the coffee, pick the coffee, do all things coffee. And then I guess when you see that as like your avenue, what is it for you? What is it for Victor? What is it for Ryan? Like what's your avenue to do your passion? For me, it's coffee. Mm. I get to love on people through coffee. Right. You know, so that was for me like a boo well, aha moment that's right in front of you so often. Yeah, it's we the have international language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connection. Yeah. So, you know, it was a, a big aha for me too when Ryan came home from his first AA meeting after his conversation with our counselor, Sue. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Found he, the support. <laughs> and I had been working and doing my coffee all day and he came home and he's like, you're not going to believe what they made me do at that meeting. They made me make the coffee. And I'm like, oh, they drink coffee in these rooms. Okay. So I kept that locked in, in the back rooms of my mind for a bit. And, you know, when Rye said, what would it look like for Tammy? Middle of the night, by the way, the best time. Of course. When ideas come, 3 a.m. Tammy, Bing. wake up, have this idea. What, what would it look like if we started this, this thing for addicts, loved ones of addicts? Mm. At that point, we didn't have the language for spiritual refugees, but right. for these people that have felt um, kicked around or kicked out or not accepted by religion or by God. Oh, and I'm cool. like, that's a great, 
I love it. It's a great idea. Can we talk about it in the morning? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, now. <laughs> so, so we did. And, and, you know, right. Gets going on these ideas. We start whiteboarding out what free is mm. and coffee is just such a big component of it. And I'm like, you have your passion. And our chair of our board of directors reminded me, you aren't necessarily as passionate about recovery as Ryan. You're passionate about Ryan. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. that's a really good point. Yeah. I am a, a big recovery advocate because I've been there and I'm the loved one, but yeah. I also love being able to work with women in recovery and I work with them. I hire them. The proceeds go to the women in recovery nice. through the coffee purchases of wagon coffee, which is in the back rooms of free spiritual community. Okay. So I love it. Can people order coffee? Yeah. 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 So I commercialized it last October. Oh, okay. Um, soon. Yeah. So, so. We've been working for the last couple of months and it's online. We are e-commerce and okay. people can get it at wagoncoffeeroasters.com. Okay. And a percentage of that goes to help? Yeah, Is proceeds support women in recovery. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, I want to commit to getting $500 worth. Awesome. Wow, there you go. All right, awesome. so uh, has anybody made a bigger purchase than that? <laughs> it's new. You're the man. Oh, okay, that, that's I'm, it. I'm competitive. <laughs> yes. All right, so we're going to serve it here at our team house. I love it. And, right. I mean, we've got women um, coming in in two weeks uh, that are all former sex trafficked mm-hmm. and uh, either leaders in ministries now or whatnot. Then we've got gold star moms coming in, uh, wives rather, women who have lost their husband in combat. So we're going to definitely partner with y'all on this. I love it. And, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so exciting stuff. What's that website again? Wagoncoffeeroasters.com. Okay. And I have to tell you about our 1210 real quick. Please Victor. do. Okay. Yeah. I think you'll really appreciate it, especially since this came up in conversation, but we call it 1210. And it's a white coffee. It has 70% more caffeine by volume. What? So here's the deal. Tastes like tea. Doesn't you, even taste like coffee. It is. It's nutty, Crazy. peanut buttery. You've heard of 2 Corinthians 12.10, yeah? Oh, yeah. For when I am weak, yeah. I am strong. Yes. So that's what we named it after. So that's the 12.10 is named after 2 It's Second really light. It looks light. It tastes light. And it packs and a it punch. And it got the kapali. A punch, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All yeah. right. <laughs> I want to try, try some. <laughs> I'm definitely interested. Hey, uh, before we end, I asked... Two questions of all of our guests, okay? Right. And uh, the first one, because uh, we're just getting to know each other and y'all may not know what we do, but we talk about perceptions because perceptions are what people mostly live by. What is your perception of me and our ministry or me and my wife and our ministry? Hmm. There's no wrong answer. It's just perception. Well, I have to say this because I was asking my sister. Uh, I was looking to see who your followers were. And my sister was one of them and I didn't even know she followed you. So mm-hmm. I'm like, good job, sister. Yay. <laughs> but I was like, so what... What's your perception of him? I asked her the same thing. Good. And she said, you know what? I love how he loves his wife. So thank wow. you for that. I think that's powerful. And so I came in with a very high respect of you and how you treat your wife. That's a very big thing. It's, well, it's true. We do try to share that. The second thing, oh, you, you want to? Yeah. yeah, I would say, man, what I, what I saw the first thing when you walked in and when I met you this morning, actually. Yeah. Uh, so aside from social media and website and all that. The authenticity, the the passion that comes with that authenticity, like this this dude's the real deal. He's he's real, you know. Uh, which in in this culture, that's a breath of fresh air. Well, thank you. I, I just tell people I don't have the energy to be anything else. Yeah. You know how hard you have to be to try to image maintenance. So, yeah. last question: When you die, because we're all gonna die, when you die, what's gonna happen? 
And then why do y'all personally believe that? You know, everything in my experience tells me, and when I say experience, I mean all of it, the Christian tradition, the scriptures, the my own life experience. My daughters ask me that. I do a lot of funerals, and my, my mm. eight-year-old daughter has done many funerals with me along mm. the way, and she'll sometimes ask, Poppy, what happens when you die? Like, exactly what happens? And she wants me to tell her, exactly, here's what happens. And I always say, I don't know. I've never died. But do you believe God created you? And she always says, yes, Poppy, I believe that. All right, I do too, baby. And then I say, Selah, do you believe that God is good? Yes, Poppy, I believe God is good. Okay, baby, those hands that created us are those same hands that we die into. That's faith. I believe these are good hands. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but these are good hands. We die into those hands, and I believe that. And I've got to keep it simple because I'm really good at making things complex. And when you die, if you've done this and if you've done Mm -hmm. this, then this happens then that happens. And no, no, no. God is good. And I believe that that's been my experience. God is good. And we die into those hands. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people have asked about Ryan's brother who passed away in a car accident during relapse. And they'll say, well, where'd he go? What happened? And Ryan will often say, and this has been helpful to me. God was the first one to welcome him across the threshold. Mm. He was waiting with his arms wide open. You know, uh, it's powerful. You know, we just love hearing our guests' perspective. Yeah, and we've heard some doozies on what people believe. What an interesting question, man! I'm going to totally steal that yeah. question. It is a great question because we live like we're not going to die. Yeah, people do. And I go, nah, no, that's one thing's for sure. So thank you yeah. uh, for sharing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having yes. us. And, it's been fun. Uh, I want y'all to come back, update us on how things are going, and I want to see if I hold the record for the. Or just coffee order. Yeah. (laughs) As of this broadcast. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this time with our guest. I sure have. And uh, the hope and reality of recovering from addictions, spouses who have to endure it, and see the hope that God brings. And it's very possible, just like the scripture in the name of our ministry. With God, all things are possible. So wherever you are, whatever lane you're running in, get it done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time. 